You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with The Suffers, particularly with Cam Franklin of The Suffers, the incredible front woman of this truly amazing band. They're a band from Houston, Texas that play what they like to call Gulf Coast Soul. What does that mean exactly? Well, you're going to have to listen to this talk to figure out what, but I really want to thank Cam for being part of this talk. She is one of those people that just makes you feel good about life. Like she'll, like she makes you smile, she makes you laugh. She is a hilarious and brutally honest person and you're really going to enjoy this talk. So big ups to Cam for being part of it. Also big ups to my friend Soshi who works with the band, who was a big part of making this talk happen. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the Suffers, do make a note to see them live. They're truly one of those live bands that will blow your fucking mind away. And on that note, please enjoy. This is the 405 Exchange with Cam Franklin of the Suffers. Enjoy. So the best thing about music is that it generally speaks for itself, but with that said, when I read the term Gulf Coast Soul, I knew I was going to have to ask that first. Where did that come from, and what does it mean to you? Uh, Gulf Coast, Gulf of Mexico, which uh, surrounds uh, Texas, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, and then pretty much ends at Florida and just turns into... uh, the Atlantic. I always get them confused. <laughs> but um, our music is a representation of the city of Houston and all of the culture and diversity that is seen there and that is shown uh, amongst the members of the band. And so uh, when we try to explain what it means to people, we always compare it to food because we figure that's the easiest. Yeah. Um, so when I'm on the East Coast, I try not to compare it to gumbo because I don't like gumbo up here. But uh, <laughs> like stews or chowders, basically. Uh, the foundation of our meal of our stew would be the broth and the meat and so for that for us uh, the broth and the meat would be uh, traditional soul music and jazz and then every other ingredient we add into the music would be uh, represented by another genre so salt and pepper would be uh, your reggae and your gospel and your onions and your garlic would be um, ska and uh more so hip-hop and it kind of just keeps going from there we don't really shy away from any genres uh, more so we just try to make sure that we're being respectful understanding and uh, staying true to who we are yeah. as people and sound yeah and I imagine also a really big element is the aspect of community which I felt was very prevalent within your band also oh yeah definitely yeah. definitely it's a, it's a <laughs> we try to keep it as de- democratic as we can um, but for the most part uh, we've been pretty successful at making sure everybody's voice is heard. Yeah, that's beautiful though. You know, I've heard a lot about your live shows and what surprised me when listening to your music for your latest album was just how much of a well-oiled band you guys are in terms of like a studio recording. Thank you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> I felt like it was interesting how distinguishable that is because it's clearly like a studio record rather than just like a band in a room record. Like there's yeah. so much going on. And <laughs> talk to me about the band's comfort level working within the studio because I feel like that must be a very specific thing. Um, I don't know if it's so much specific. I think we, we all just 
fallen in love with the recording process as a whole. And so we're always excited when we get to go uh, into a studio and just kind of push the limits and just see how uh, well we can execute that original idea of what these songs were. Um, And so with this last album, we had a lot more time to really uh, dig into bigger sounds and uh, hiring more people to come in and uh, contribute their voices and their instrumentation and we got a lot of help which was amazing I mean if I had it my way we'd have you know three times as many people as we had on there but uh, no from the strings to the additional percussionists to steel players like everything um, I'm very proud of and I'm glad we took the amount of time that we did to get the sounds that we wanted. Yeah. Um, and I, I look forward to going back in again and making the next one. Yeah, well tell me this, where was the majority of the album made? Houston. Houston? Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, had originally had all these visions to go and you know record it further away. And uh, we had just this really great opportunity to do it at the studio called uh, 226 Recordings in Houston. Yeah. And um, we knocked it out and thankfully we chose Houston because uh, Hurricane Harvey happened maybe a week before we were supposed to finish recording. Oh, wow. So luckily nothing happened in the studio and all of our stuff was okay during the storm. And so uh, we knocked it out on time and released it the yeah. way we wanted it to be released. That's a beautiful thing. And most of you guys are still based in Houston, right? All of us, yeah. yeah. I was going to say because, I mean, there'll definitely be an intro to this, but I think you should mention how many members in your band because it's a pretty wild yeah, thing. Eight, eight people. Yeah. Like, and so it just makes sense intrinsically to record in Houston because like some of you would have to put your lives on pause to go record a record elsewhere. Yeah, so definitely. It's nice that you guys didn't really have to do that. Yeah, I mean it was it was a very very perfect situation for what we needed it to be at that time for sure. Nice. So yeah, I can't complain, and I'm really happy. Yeah. Well, I want to just jump right into the record. Like one of the things is I really love how the record starts, especially when you think about how long it's been since we've heard Paul Wall's voice. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a dope. Yeah, how did yeah. that type of thing come about? Um, he's a homie, and uh, we did a few uh, shows with him a few years back. Uh, but it was him and a bunch of other rappers. It was about nine local Eastern rappers yeah. uh, from Bun B to Scarface that we did this festival with, and we were the backing band for that. But um, He's always been very supportive and very encouraging, uh, not only towards younger artists, but towards uh, making sure that those artists that are out here representing Houston are going above and beyond to represent us in the best way. It's really freaking hard to get out. So when you do bust out, like the folks that have already been in this place are very vocal about you basically putting in that work and so once uh, Paul realized that we weren't on some bullshit um, he was very very just helpful uh, towards anything we needed him and button and so um, I smoked a bunch of weed one night in Maine and I was like (laughs) we should have these rappers do our interludes because I was thinking about you know those old Kanye records and the old TLC records where they would have either a comedian or uh, one of them would just kind of like chill and have fun during the interlude because that's what it is. I feel like an interlude is just an, uh, a palate cleanser for the next, you know, uh, thing that's about to happen. Yeah, on the it's almost like a bit of a reprieve in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. Tell me this, like, 
it's interesting to hear you mention that element about like how it's sometimes difficult to break out of Houston because mm-hmm. I feel throughout the years I've noticed that with friends in San Antonio and even in Austin which almost sounds crazy to think but I've kind of heard that in the past about mm-hmm. like how it could be sometimes difficult to break out of like the Texan scene what do you what do you think that's about uh, it's mainly about a lack of resources more than anything the talent is definitely there yeah. um, between all three of those cities but uh, it's just the difference of how much are you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to work? How much of your own money are you willing to give up so that you can get to those next levels? Because people don't realize you gotta spend money to make money. So um, for us, it was kind of just like about making sure that we were making the necessary steps to stay afloat and to keep pushing on to that next level, if that makes any sense. No, that's totally understandable to me. You know, jumping back to the record, um, I love how we arrive at Beautifully at I Think I Love You. This is such a great track because especially it's it's a chill vibe that allows for your vocal to be so strongly focal. Can you talk to me through how this one came together? Because I feel like that was a very special kind of experience. Uh, It was a pretty quick write, actually. It was one of the ones that got written pretty quickly on the album, but uh, the guys just kind of had this idea that they were playing. I think it was Adam and Kevin that were kind of just playing the same line over and over again, that bump, 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 bump. And so as I was listening to it, I was I'm a big, Tina Marie and Emily King fan. Oh, we just saw Emily King a few nights ago. Oh, it's the Apollo? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go uh, when they were making it, but um, I love the approach that she took on that album, Focus. Yeah. Um, I mean, she has a very, you know, not soft voice, but she has a very beautiful voice, but her approach to singing is very calculated. It, but still very soulful and free and so I wanted this song to sound like how her songs made me feel yeah. which was you know light and free and so when I first started the uh, writing the verse I knew that I wanted to have one of those uh, calculated approaches that her and Tina uh, Marie would do which is you know that the 29 out here aging like a fine wine and just putting that enunciation on uh, the ending of the phrase so that by the time you got to the chorus you're so flowy with it Mm -hmm. that like the audience is almost ready for that release from how staccato the verses are yeah you know something I really was keen on bringing up to you is uh, your track Do Whatever because Mm -hmm. I think it's so beautiful when a band could have a track on their arsenal that kind of like almost feels like it defines what the band's about yeah. and I thought it was so great how if you go on your Spotify it's also one of the highly streamed tracks on that. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean it really does encapsulate what the band is about to me and lyrically speaking I'd love to know about this one a bit more. Uh, yeah it, it it is a song for us to just kind of keep going because when we started doing this we never intended to get as far as we have yeah. and so every day that we get to do this is just a, a big win, you know? Yeah. And so before I started doing this band, I rarely took moments to myself to do things that I actually like to do. Yeah. Uh, and so when we first started working on this song, I wanted a song that talked about doing just that, taking a moment every day to do something for yourself, to do something that makes you happy, to find that uh, little light of self-care within the day, even if it was a bad day because I really do feel that 
happiness is attainable, but it takes work. Yeah, it's like a proactive measure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this yeah. might sound really extreme. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you consider what it takes to just exist in the world, it's almost funny how living that way is almost like an act of defiance in a way towards yeah, just the world. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, the the phrase, the big phrase of the song is, "It ain't gotta be a weekend to find the joy that you're seeking." Because so many of us feel like we have to wait until the weekend. We feel like we have to wait until after five. We feel like we have to basically do what everybody else does to be joyful. And it's like, why are the rules like that? Why are we waiting to be happy when you could go take a walk and you know just get a little sunshine or you know have a little cocktail if you want to have one. Shoot your shot more often if that's what you need to be doing for yourself. Um, go to the gym, if, even if you don't feel like it, because you know that those endorphins that you're going to get when you're done are going to make you feel some type of way. And yeah. so that, that's mainly where my mindset is, is about, at least with that song, is just making sure that you are giving yourself that joy you deserve. Yeah, that's beautiful, though. You know, yeah. um, After the Storm is a very different track for you, especially with the addition of Lyle Davinsky. Uh, mm -hmm. Does this one feel like a bit of a creative turning point? Because I feel like that was <laughs> one that felt very special to me. Yeah, um, a lot of, and I talk about it during the show, but a lot of people that have heard the song uh, without coming to the show or, you know, asking, they just assume that it was this Hurricane Harvey tribute song. Really? It's, it's about, yeah, but it's about trying to get dick during a hurricane. I was gonna and say, cause that kind of, well, I thought it was about love, but. I mean. It's, it's a certain type of love. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Lyle. Uh, but uh, no, that it, it was written uh, by myself and my friend Lisa Harris out of Houston, who's also a really great um, musician. And she was just trying to find a boo during the storm and just wasn't successful. And I told her, you know, you need to go out there. You need to go shoot <laughs> your shot. If that's what you want, you need to go shoot your shot and yeah. go make you some friends and have a great time. And yeah, it, it just, it started off as a joke. Um, and then I presented it to the guys uh, when we were in the studio and we made a demo real, real quick. Oh. And uh, we ended up keeping it and that's what's on the record. That's amazing. Yeah, and so Lyle, uh, we met him on Jam Cruise. He's, he's originally from Maine, but he sings for this band out of Denver now called the Motet that tours a lot themselves. And yeah. his voice is just ridiculous. But I mean, he's like, if you saw him, you would not think that the voice matches the I person. Weird, when I listened to the song for the first time, I weirdly had that in my head for some reason, just <laughs> thinking like, I bet this dude looks nothing like his voice conveys. Mm -mm. No, he's a white dude from Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the things I was really excited about getting to talk to you is that I really love the title to this album, Everything Here, because from my experience of listening to the album, that's very much the end result, that yeah. you gave, that all of you, you all gave everything that you had within yourselves to make it. Is that kind of how you arrived at the title for the album? Because I almost feel like that has a weird... I, I definitely yeah. think that's how we got there. The, the title came from the title track, uh, Everything Here, um, while we were trying to figure out what we wanted to call it. and when we were thinking about everything that it took to put into it, uh, the guitar player, Kevin, was like, why don't we just call it everything here? That makes the most sense to me. And we were all just, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You know, and I mean, everything here is a, it's a really fucked up breakup song, but yeah. I feel like when you look at the overall photo, not photo, longest photo, of, of everything happening on the album, it makes sense. Yeah. 
And I imagine, like, just from my experience of being in bands, I imagine when that moment happened, all you guys were like, great, we don't have to think about this anymore, thank yep. God. <laughs> we were like, yep, this is great, awesome. That's great, perfect idea, yes. dude. Yes. <laughs> um, I arrived to your music by recommendation, and then that made me come across, like, made me look into you guys a bit further, and that made me come across the Tiny Dust that you did a few years ago. Yes. I'm more than sure that um, you get asked about that a lot, but I think one of the things that's very <laughs> special about it is that to this day, I can't recall another Tiny Desk I've seen where people have utilized that space the way you did. Oh, I mean, the gosh. fact that the eight of you really took advantage of that space. We were still 10 at that time. It uh, was a tight fit. Uh, yeah, no, that that's one of the, hey, that's, nothing, that's one of the um, coolest things we've gotten to do. Does that sure. bring fond memories when you think back to just like that day? Or? Definitely. It was very stressful for me, only because uh, they don't have uh, monitors yeah. at Tiny Desk, so you're just kind of hoping you're in tune. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's something like a lot of people don't realize. It's like people there, the majority of them can't hear themselves while they're singing. So they're just kind of going for it. But at the same time, when we did ours, I got on the desk so that I could hear above the horns. And, oh, yeah. and I told myself, I was like, you know what? You know these songs. You know these songs like the back of your hand. Stop tripping. Like, stop tripping. And so uh, when we finally started, I was like, oh, wait. The worst is over. We got through Giver, which I was most worried about, and then pushed through. And yeah. it, was, it was fun. Yeah. You know, I, like I told you how like, I heard a lot about your live shows. And we're at Rough Trade. I'm really keen to see the show tonight. You know, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people say is that after seeing your band perform, the big thing they find themselves saying is like, I haven't seen a band perform like that before. And I'm sure you've heard people say that too. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Um, it's, I, I don't really know how to describe it. I, I'm not the most emotional person in my like day-to-day -day life. I'm very honest and direct, but I tend to save my emotional displays for the stage. And so you'll get the stories, you'll get the music, you'll get that energy from us. Yeah. And, you know, we try to play every night like <laughs> we're, you know, going to get kicked out if we don't play our best show. So especially when we're in New York, you know, New York is one of those cities that helped us get to where we are. So it means a lot to us yeah, when we here. get to play here. Yeah, that reminds me of, there's this Welsh band that I used to take photos of a lot called The Joy Formidable. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They very much played their shows like it's going to be the last show ever. And I asked their singer Ritzy about it like years ago, and she said it to that point, but she was saying it like very like with a smile, like, you know, after the show, we might get hit by a car, we might all die. Oh, so yeah. we better make sure this is the last show we did. But it's like, yeah. it's almost like that allowance of just like letting yourself go free. Yeah, like, you have to. I love that. You know, I only have one more question for you. Before I let you go here, um, you know, we talked a bit about how this is very much music that you have to feel. You've talked about that in regards to being on the stage. Um, the band's been around for a while now, and you've done so much, which leads me to ask, like, what is the most surprising thing to you about the band today? Like, when you look back on all the stuff that you've done, what do you think kind of gives you pause? That we're still growing, that we're still evolving, that we're still here. Because um, so many people told us we wouldn't be here. And so I, I enjoy waking up every morning on tour and being able to just say fuck you to everybody that thought we wouldn't last the first year as we go into our fourth year of touring. Um, we've been a band almost eight years. And we've known each other closer to 20, if not more, some of the guys. And 
we were a bunch of Scott nerds, you know, that we weren't supposed to leave, but we're here. So we're making the most of it. And every day that I have a moment to think and my moments of frustration, I always remind myself that, that it's like, well, you're here. What do you do next? Yeah, and I really have to say for people who are listening and like have not yet checked out the album, I think one of the most beautiful things that comes across with it is you can very much tell it's a group of people in a room who are not only coming together creatively, but also not compromising their creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think it is really refreshing to be able to experience something like that. So how's yeah. up to you for being able to do awesome. that? No, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Of course. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah. I really do appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Appreciate you.